Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 7th of April. The European Union has slammed our federal government's claims that it blocked millions of doses of the AstraZeneca vaccine from being delivered to Australia. Prime Minister Scott Morrison had claimed a major cause of delays to our vaccine rollout program was a lack of international supplies. But the EU has denied it stopped 3.1 million doses of the vaccine coming to our shores. The federal government's been heavily criticised for the bungled rollout, but Secretary of the Department of Health, Dr Brendan Murphy, has told the ABC they're still on track for every Australian adult to receive their first jab by October. We will get that by increasing our vaccine supply. That is the only constraint at the moment. Once we get to over the million doses a week from CSL, and they have plans to get significantly over that, and we are also working with Pfizer to get uh, an increase in the current allocation that we're getting from the international supply. We're only getting a bit over 100,000 a week. We're working with them to increase that too. So that's the strategy to get us there, and we think we will get there. Meantime, there are concerns some vaccines are being incorrectly stored or wrongly delivered, forcing some GPs to dump life-saving supplies. Local Queensland GP Ian Williams has told Nine there are major issues in the supply and transportation of vaccines. I've heard plenty of other examples of other practices having to um, give back the, the vaccines or not take delivery because the cold chain has been breached. Meantime, overseas, and a top health official from the European Medicines Agency has broken ranks claiming there is a link between AstraZeneca's COVID vaccine and blood clots. But now EMA bosses have clarified the statement, saying there is no definitive link. The agency is set to release findings of an investigation into the rare blood clotting syndrome over the next few days. It comes as the UK has suspended a trial of the vaccine in children after concerns over blood clots. Back home and some good news this morning with the travel industry welcoming the long-awaited announcement of a trans-Tasman travel bubble between Australia and New Zealand. New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern made the announcement yesterday allowing travel between the two nations from the 19th of April without quarantine. James Goodwin from the Australian Airports Association says it's great for the industry. What we want to see now is what's the next country, uh, what's the next cab off the rank, uh, which country will that be and we would urge the Australian government to start uh, talking to other countries so that we have multiple travel bubbles in place by the end of the year. The New Zealand Prime Minister has warned though if there are any COVID outbreaks travellers need to be prepared to change their plans. Former Australia Post CEO Christine Holgate has broken her silence after resigning from her top job. Ms Holgate has written a blistering Senate inquiry submission arguing she was unlawfully stood down over buying executives' expensive Cartier watches. She's criticised Australia's Post chair, saying he treated her like a criminal when she had committed no crime and the purchase of the watches was in line with the company's reward policies. And some more positive news this morning for the Australian economy. The International Monetary Fund says it's bounced back faster than expected from its recession, with some experts predicting it will be back to pre-COVID levels for the March quarter. 
Meantime, the Reserve Bank has kept the nation's interest rates unchanged at the historic low of 0.1%. And we'll have more details on these stories coming up shortly in our finance report with Scott Phillips. For a look at what else is making news around the country this Wednesday morning. And we start in Queensland and a man has died in hospital after complications from COVID-19. The 77-year-old Jewel PNG and UK National was flown to Australia for treatment late last month. Our reporter David Chiraz has the details from Brisbane. Good morning, Tash. Queensland Health confirmed the Papua New Guinea man passed away while being treated for COVID in an intensive care unit at Redcliffe Hospital north of Brisbane yesterday. The 77-year-old had been in the ICU since March 28 after being flown to Australia from PNG when his condition started to deteriorate. He is the first person to die from the disease in Australia since April last year, but his death won't be counted among our stats as he was originally diagnosed in PNG. Queensland Health has offered its condolences to the man's family. To date, there have been close to 1,500 confirmed cases of COVID in Queensland, with zero reported cases yesterday. To WA now, and the state government is vowing to get answers after the tragic death of a seven-year-old girl in a Perth hospital. Our reporter Adam Hemmings has more from Perth. Tash, the little girl's parents rushed her to Perth Children's Hospital on Saturday night, a day after she started feeling unwell and developed a fever. They waited in the emergency department for two hours. At one stage, patches of white appeared on her eyeballs and a nurse apparently told her parents it was natural. After she saw a doctor, there are reports that the seven-year-old died 15 minutes later. It sparked outrage and questions. Health Minister Roger Cook is vowing to find answers with an investigation now underway. I want to know what happened, whether mistakes were made and whether changes need to happen. Now the WA branch of the Australian Medical Association claims our hospitals are in crisis. It follows this tragedy. Recent code yellows at several hospitals across Perth when they couldn't accept more patients and ambulance ramping. To New South Wales and Sydney businesswoman Melissa Caddick has been farewelled at a private service. The 49-year-old disappeared in November last year with parts of her foot discovered on a beach. Our reporter Siobhan Caulfield has more from Sydney. Yeah, Tash, only a small group of loved ones have joined together in Sydney's east to farewell conwoman Melissa Caddick. A private memorial service was held at a chapel in Matraville yesterday morning. Her husband, Anthony Coletti, joined by Melissa's parents, her brother and a handful of friends. The Daily Telly reports the 49-year-old's foot has been cremated. It's the only body part that's been found of hers since she disappeared last year. Remains of her foot washing up on a beach in the state's south coast in February. An inquest is set to be held into the mother of one's disappearance, but no date has been set yet. Caddick is accused of swindling millions worth of investors' funds. There's no suggestion of wrongdoing by any of her family members. And in Victoria, concerns are growing over the number of sex workers operating in Melbourne's high-rise buildings. Our reporter, James Royce, has more. Tash, it's estimated almost 900 prostitutes are illegally operating out of the city's apartment buildings, with many of them having quit their former jobs at brothels that were forced to close during the pandemic. Now, this has the Australian adult entertainment industry concerned. It says these sex workers aren't operating within the planning guidelines required by registered brothels. They also aren't subjected to pandemic control measures. Now, as you can imagine, police are aware and investigating. They're also asking anyone with information about illegal brothels in Melbourne to get in touch with Crime Stoppers. 
Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Good morning, Scott. Now, this is an awful situation with the Wyala Steel story with 2,000 jobs hanging in the balance. Yeah, that's right, Sasha. Good morning. It, it really is a concern. Sanjeev Gupta's business, of course, facing potential liquidation with some of its creditors filing in the federal court to have the business wound up and effectively placed in the hands of liquidators. Both the steelworks at Wyala and the coal mine up at Tamar, New South Wales Southern Highlands, both at risk. Hopefully, even if the worst comes to worst, those businesses can be operated and hopefully sold as going concerns. But it's very rare these things happen without some job losses. And as you say, up to 2,000 jobs on the line, this one. That's awful. Now, Scott, Mm. um, RBA left rates on hold yesterday as they met. That was really no surprise. We were all predicting that. But it's interesting. uh, The focus is still on these lending standards. They may be managed as house prices continue to soar. Yeah, this is a really, really important one, Tash. I think when you think about the way uh, the businesses, uh, oh, the RBA is considering, sorry, the economy, uh, they've said in the past, look, they're comfortable with lending standards. This time, the language is changing to say they are watching carefully to make sure lending standards don't deteriorate. Now, that doesn't feel like a big change, but in the world of bureaucraties, these uh, the central bankers talk with very specific language, and that is a meaningful shift in rhetoric. They're basically putting banks on notice, and frankly, the rest of us as well, saying if they see any sign that the banks are lending too much money or house prices are, I was going to say getting out of control, but getting further out of control might be the better way to put it, they may have to step in. And McWilliams Wine is set to be saved in a $40 million deal, but some jobs could still go. Yeah, this is, this is kind of a, a decent story. McWilliams, of course, a uh, 143-year-old winery. It went into, got itself into financial trouble. It's going to be split in two, the Hanwood Winery being bought by one group, the Mount Pleasant winery, winery being bought by somebody else. Unfortunately, up to two-thirds of the jobs will still go there. Um, the liquidator is praising the employees for continuing to work hard right through, and so they will get their full entitlements, which is something, unfortunately, not quite enough, and it's a, it's a tough one for those workers, unfortunately. And Scott, we spoke earlier this morning about some people losing their jobs, some businesses being forced to close down during uh, COVID and other financial pressures. And gosh, what a different story for these growing number of multi-billionaires and their wealth continuing to increase. Yeah, what pandemic, Tash. It really was a story of, you know, there's now 2,770 billionaires the world over and their wealth last year grew from over $8 trillion to over $13 trillion. So while some of us were, were dealing with, I mean, Australia did okay during the pandemic, you know, in, in large part, but, you know, meaningful recession, scary for some people, some people still out of work. If you're a billionaire, it was a, it was a pretty good time, as it turns out. Wealth increased by, what's that, 60-odd percent? Uh, that's a... That's a you know, good, a phenomenal number in a good year. In a bad year, it just really does stand out at how much money the world's richest really are raking in. They seem to build that cash pile for themselves. They're the only ones that can afford houses in many of Australia's <laughs> capital cities at the moment. <laughs> You've got a task. That's what I'm. Have a great day. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Tash. Time for sport now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, it's the big question on everyone's lips. Where will Wayne Bennett go after this season? Yes, good morning, Tash. Well, he has spoken to the Courier-Mail today to reveal his plans beyond uh, his last season with South Sydney. Of course, this is the final year of his contract. He hands over the reins to his uh, highly rated assistant coach, Jason Demetriou. Well, he says that he's planning to move back to Brisbane. Uh, so that means that he's open to office. He's effectively a free agent from 2022. So could he be going back to the Broncos to help out Kevy Walters? He needs all the help.
help he can get at the moment, or perhaps one of the expansion clubs he's reportedly spoken to, uh, the Brisbane Jets, one of the franchises there to uh, potentially help them out if they are awarded the new uh, NRL licence. Now, he does have some more pressing issues at the Rabbitohs at the moment, and that is uh, the future of Adam Reynolds, which which shows no sign of ending at the moment. There's now reports that he could walk out of Redfern. He's seeking a two-year contract. The Bunnies won't budge on their offer of a one-year deal. He's also been linked to the Cowboys, although their coach, Todd Payton, have played down his interest in signing Reynolds. Not at this point, no. So pretty direct there from uh, Todd Payton. He's got some issues there with Michael Morgan, who potentially might have to retire due to a, a shoulder injury. Jake Clifford not playing at the moment. He also might be going to the Knights to help out their injury crisis. So a bit going on in the NRL uh, at the moment. And it all kicks off uh, tomorrow night, the Rabbitohs and the Broncos. A big game. Wayne Bennett against his former club, who we might see him back at next year. Who knows, Tash? <laughs> So many issues, and it's just the start of the season in the NRL. Uh, Brett, now back onto the AFL, one of the game's biggest superstars, Lance Franklin, is expected to be back for the Swans tomorrow night. Yes, and what a luxury this is. The Swans, the real surprise packet of the season this year. Major upset against the Tigers over the weekend, or was it? I mean, that's three wins in a row now, one of only a couple of undefeated teams uh, left in the AFL. They've got some young superstars. They can rest Buddy Franklin for that match against Richmond, then bring him back tomorrow night against the Bombers, who themselves are coming off a big win over the Saints. 75-point winners. I don't think anyone would have predicted that at the uh, the start of the round. They would not only beat the Saints, but beat them so comfortably. So, now Essendon is facing the prospect of planning for uh, Buddy Franklin, but as their coach Ben Rutten says, that uh, they are far from a one-man band up there in Sydney. Look, we'll prep for him to be in there. I think what we're seeing more and more with Sydney and most teams is that they're not a one-dimensional footy club. You know, they're not solely relying on Buddy playing for them to be good teams. We'll certainly pay the respect that we need to for Buddy, but understand there's a bigger job at, at hand. Now, they do have some injury issues at the Bombers. Dylan Shield, one of their star midfielders, unlikely to play again this season. He's bracing for more knee surgery, but that is a Big game tomorrow night in the AFL, the Bombers and the Swans. And Brett, a couple of Aussie golfers have shared a practice run. Some inside knowledge on how to win the Masters this week is the hope for us. Well, yeah, absolutely. Cameron Smith last year finishing uh, second, the Queenslander. Behind Dustin Johnson, it took a record score for Dustin Johnson to claim the green jacket. So Cameron Smith certainly not far off the pace. Adam Scott knows the Masters very well. Augusta National, of course, winning back in uh, 2013. The pair played about uh, nine holes yesterday. Uh, the, the golfers, the world's best golfers, getting their first look uh, at the course. It kicks off tomorrow night, our time. And uh, Cameron Smith said that they uh, they spoke about the best way to attack the course. Obviously, Scotty, I think, has been here 20, I think about 20 years. So he knows a lot more about the course than what I do. Obviously, pick his brain a little bit. So hope, hopefully, Cameron Smith is a name we see right up the leaderboard throughout the weekend. We've seen his name in the NRL and now in the golf, Cameron Smith. <laughs> he, we can't keep him away. <laughs> From anywhere, the golf course or the rugby league field. Chat soon. Thanks, Brett. Thanks, Tash. Checking the weather details around the country now this Wednesday morning. Firstly, to Brisbane, shower or two expected, 26. Few showers also for Sydney today, 27. The cloud should clear from Melbourne, 22, the expected top today. Possible shower, 24 for Canberra. Mostly sunny and 23 today for Hobart. Sunny and 28 for Adelaide. Cloudy and 26 degrees today for Perth. Mostly sunny with a top of 33 for Darwin. Talk about silver linings. It seems it pays to be forgetful with an unopened copy of a Super Mario's Brothers game from 1986 
selling for a record amount at auction in the US. The game was actually purchased as a Christmas gift but forgotten about and has sat unopened in a desk drawer for the last 35 years. Now, would you believe it sold for $862,000 at an auction house in Dallas, which is a record for a video game. Experts say the production run for the copy was so short, finding another game in a similar condition would be like looking for a single drop of water in an ocean. Well done. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.